The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. Founded by Asia-based recruiters back in 2012, over a thousand recruitment companies choose Vincere to accelerate their growth. Whether your business is contract, temp, executive search or perm, if you're looking for a new breed of tech partner, talk to Vincere. Visit vincere.com io forward slash talent talk asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast hi i'm andrea ross your host and in this series we feature some of the most successful talents from across the region to discuss the forces opportunities and challenges that are shaping the corporate landscape if you're keen to be a guest on the show then please reach out Some would say the logistics industry has been hit the most due to the coronavirus pandemic. But for Kuna and Nagel, the world's leading logistic company boasting 1,400 offices in over 100 countries with over 83,000 employees, that couldn't be further from the truth. So how has one of the leading logistic businesses in Asia Pacific navigated around one of the biggest disruptions of our time? In this exclusive conversation on Talent Talk Asia with Andrea Ross, Claudine Lewis, SVP, Human Resources, Asia Pacific, shares how three years into a five-year strategy envisioning potential disruptions was at the forefront of the leadership team's mind. How remaining agile as a company has put them in good stead and how focusing on customer, people and technology has kept them on track with their core service offerings. Claudine, welcome on the show. Good to see you. Hey, Andrea. Thank you for the invitation. Really excited about this interaction. You're very welcome. It's really nice to see you and have a chance to talk to you and all everything that's been going on um, with the company over the last few months. So I'm excited for the show. So I'm really keen to get straight into it. Now, you've been with Kuna Nagel for over 17 years. Now, you originally specialised in the learning and development area, then you moved into more of a business partner role in HR. So I'm really keen to see what sort of motivated you to move into that function and obviously stay within that function, if you wouldn't mind sharing that with me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 17 years is is a long time. But I I think when, when the values of the people in the organization closely matches your own, it lends to a very rewarding relationship, right? So I've worked with a lot of inspirational people in this organization. It's kept me on my toes. Um, it continues mm. to develop me and challenge me. So that's that's really the reason for, for being with KN all this time. Now, the, the move from learning and development to HR, that was a challenge that was thrown at me by a very trusted leader in the organization. So... In, in one of my career progression discussion, um, it was raised as something that would extend me outside the nice area of people and organizational development, that I needed to yeah. go into the fear zone of HR to really grow <laughs> in the role. And, and I willingly accepted it, but I also had a lot of, of coaching and support in that transition, which I've been very grateful with. And so... Having that in mind, it's also something that has been um, in the forefront of my mind in terms of paying it forward to to other people in the organization. 
organisation. So did it surprise you that type of role that you moved into? Because obviously it's very different. Were there sort of major surprises when you got there and thought, oh gosh, it isn't quite what I thought? Did you well, have those kind of experiences? Yeah. I mean, if within the, the, the role of L&D, people love to talk to you because it's about their <laughs> development, right? So it's always nice stories, nice things are heard about you. Is that why you have long days working <laughs> then? Everyone wants to have a chat. <laughs> yeah. And then you step into some of the difficult conversations that you have to do in the wider HR function. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's telling people that they have not been successful in the roles that they've been going mm. for. Sometimes it's about difficult discussions around redundancies or disciplinary. Sometimes it's challenging um, partnerships with the union. So, you know, it it really pulls you out of of the comfort zone. Whereas from a learning and development function, I'm very passionate about that. So it comes out naturally, you know, so I've had to learn how to balance all that. Mm. Now, that's really interesting. So your role currently then as, as SVP, talk me through a little bit more. I know you just mentioned some, some, some little bits about what you're focused on, but talk me through that role just so, I'm, so that all the listeners are clear what, what you look after. Yeah, so I, I look after HR for Asia Pacific, for Kuna and Nagel. And for us, that covers 19 beautiful countries of varying languages and cultures Um, From a business perspective, there's also very different levels of maturity and business opportunity. So it's it's an exhilarating role, you know, as you move from one country to another. Over the Mm. last few years, we've also been very careful in, um, in our communication and engagement and creating really an environment that breeds success. Um, and I have to say, our people has has responded very well and positively to that, resulting to us being named one of the best companies to work for in Asia for three years in that's, a row. Um, wow, that's and that's huge. That is that is a I huge know. achievement, actually, isn't it? And so, what was it that you would say that um, were the sort of the, the you know? With you, as you said, three years in a row, which is obviously quite unusual. What was it that you you feel that got you to that to that kind of accolade? Um, it, it's really working with our leadership team to change and improve the way we've communicated and engaged with our people um, right. in in focusing on their on their development. Because really, at the end of the day. If we want to be at the top of the game in our industry, we have to have the best people. So it's been making sure that we're robust in our selection process. Um, Mm -hmm. It's making sure that we have a strong induction program that really introduces to new people the culture that they're stepping into, the importance of the network in in Kuna and Nagel, um, letting them understand our systems, our processes, um, plus providing opportunity for, for further development. So discussions around progression, um, challenges. So, you know, that, that has really been good. And, and even this year, one of the, the positive things that has happened was that um, we came out as um, 
number 23 of the top 150 employers in Singapore via the Straight Times survey. So, and that happened wow. during the whole COVID-19 thing. Gosh, you know? that's so huge. It, it was, and it really lifted our spirits. As you know, mm. as, as we go through COVID-19, it goes up and down. And, and that was a very positive time for us. Very much so. Probably exactly what people need right now. You mentioned before about the strong induction program. So if, if you had a new employee that, that was looking to come on board, how would they get to understand the culture of the organisation? Um, I, I think we, we really start early as part of the selection process. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're very careful in communicating with clarity and honesty the, the cultures of this organisation because um, we're very performance-driven and sometimes mm-hmm. it scares people to step into that role. Um, sure. So we're also very aware of, of that. And so we talk about our induction program. Um, we allow our people to really collaborate and interact at different levels very early in their career because okay. the, the, the network for us is, is the strength of Kunanago. So it's important that people know who do they need to interact with in their role, upwards, downwards, and sideways. So it's, it's something that we've, we've really worked hard on, you know, introducing the network very quickly. To, to our employees. That's really interesting because when I speak to a lot of a lot of people, you know, whether it's on podcasts or um, just in terms of sort of client discussions, it's interesting that network part doesn't always come up on conversation. So really? that kind of interests me. No, mm. not at all. So that, that that I think that's I think that's quite special. I think it's something that's probably very underestimated, actually, in terms of the strength and um, importance of that. Well, I, I believe it's it's the strength of Kunanago, the, the fact that we have strong people littered across the globe that mm. have to interact to make mm-hmm. our services happen. Because in logistics, yeah, it's always a sending station and then a receiving mm. station, right? And so... Yeah. Everything has to be fluid and and comfortable as as you move from from one place to the next. So, interestingly enough, when was I, I think it was last year I attended a a conference around technology in induction mm. programs, and they were talking about putting I can't remember which company it was now, but there was a device that they they placed on newbies, new people in the organization, yeah. just to track number of interactions and movements in the first few months in the organization. Oh, wow. And then linked it to the success of people. So the more they walked around and stopped and connected yeah. and talked, yeah. the more successful they were. So I thought that was a really interesting experiment. It's a really right? experiment. It, it, the only thing would be if they just, if they went to a big shopping center <laughs> and just looked as though they were really busy, but actually they were just going for a that, bit of a shopping trip. That's true. I'm, I'm also not sure how people... People, how people will feel comfortable about their their movements being tracked, right? So I think yeah, it was really just an experiment. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I really like that. Now, obviously, you know, you guys are, are huge in terms of the amount of employees, the amount of offices you're spread around the world. So as an all, you know, as an organisation gets larger, there can be a real tendency for the you know, the institution to dampen inspiration within a business. So how do you keep this from happening at KN? Um, I believe that the first part is really inspiration in our leaders, you know, our, our leaders mm-hmm. walking the talk. 
Um, and you will find majority of the people at the top in, in Kunanago really has come through the ranks. When we talk about our succession pipeline, there is strong, um, there's a strong process in really developing from within. So that that culture and DNA of, of Kunanago stays strong. So, so that's one part. And then there's innovation hubs and discussions because um, in order to, to really continue that, that progress, um, we need to align our processes and, and products to the requirements and the continuous change of, of requirements from our customers. So, so that whole innovation platform, innovation hub is, is important. And then the, the final piece, I think, is our young talents who continue to, to push us forward, to, to think um, ahead of the game. You know, you, you were talking about tradition and, and managing the balance of tradition and innovation is, yeah. is, is really a, a fine balance. And, and we need yeah. to, to be careful of that because, you know, we are seeing a lot of um, new players in the organization who's... I guess key selling point is is really around innovation and technology. But then when you scratch the surface, you then start to see that perhaps the foundation is, is fairly weak, right? So then when innovation or technology falters, there is no backup plan to deliver then when, when that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so for us, those two two things, um, yeah, you, we, we've kept that really going. Plus we have, I don't know if you know, but we have this um, partnership at the moment with Temasek where um, we're looking at um, investing in, in startups that have really, um, young startups that have really disrupted logistics and supply chain so wow, I didn't know that yeah so we're, well, we're how, looking how, at that we're working at how that. long have you been doing that then is that is that a recent thing oh now let me see there I say maybe two and a half years now so okay. this there's, there's okay. a lot of, of discussions and around so this, that. this is an investment purely financial or is this time expertise from you guys coming in and 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 spending time with those startups, what what, what would you mean when you say partnership? It's it's both. It's it's setting aside um, a significant amount of, of money, of course, to to look into that, um, and it's also the bringing together two two innovative brains. You know, Temasek and their yes. their yeah. background and and their place in in Singapore versus the logistics. Um, arm if you like of, of Kun and yeah. so I mean yeah so it's it's something of course that that um we work very closely with and and it's it's exciting stuff. I think that's fantastic mm. I think and but also it's that whole diverse thinking isn't it you know you're you're spreading you you know everyone there's a win-win for both parties there isn't mm. it you're because everyone's, you know, lots of people have different ways of looking at it. And sometimes within within just one culture, you may just have one way of thinking sometimes. So to being able to extend that and get some fresh ideas coming through benefits both parties. Right. And, and I think the fact that it sits outside or, you know, outside the, the traditional Kunanagal yes. allows it also to move quite quickly. Right. Yes. Which yes, is what you need so. in, in that type of activity. Yeah. I love that. I think that's really interesting. Um. What's the most important to KN? You know, in terms, you know, is it mission? Is it values? Is it vision? What What is it that tends to sort of drive drive the business? I believe it's our 
our core values because it defines who we are. Um, and interestingly, when you talk to our people, there's often discussions about the DNA of KN, you know, that okay. the, the, Interesting. the blueness of our blood. <laughs> we talk, yeah. we talk yeah. about Cut that. you open and then the <laughs> yes. blue would come out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I believe it's our core values because it then becomes the basis of our promise, our promise to yeah. our people, our promise to our customers, and ultimately our purpose, right? So what do we, what exactly do we give to the community? How do you ensure that those core values live and breathe? Because there's one thing about having values that are stuck on, mm. stuck on, on posters and put around an office, but then you can have toxic behaviour. Right. So it's just a PR exercise, yeah? So so how do you ensure that people understand them, live them, see them in action? Again, it's, it's back to the leadership teams, you know, that set the tone of the organization. And yes. if, if majority of your leaders come from within, then that DNA lives in the organization, you know? And I think if you ask people in KN to name three things that they believe is core to, to the organization, I would say people will be fairly consistent in pinning that down, you know? Um, and, and that's that when we, it, it's back to this DNA, what, what, what is Kunanagul about? And, and I believe that's also one of the reasons why we've been successful in this industry for, for such a long time. And when we talk to potential candidates in roles, a lot of them will say, you know, I've been looking forward to, to stepping into the world of Kunanagul because we're always competing with you and we, we want to understand, you know, what, what makes you at the top of your yeah. game all the time. Yeah, it probably looks quite easy from the outside, but actually... Yeah, there's a lot of work involved to get to that point. Now you're three years into a five-year strategy mm -hmm. within the region. Would you say that KN were disruptor ready? You know, it. I, I will sound very corporate in my answer. It's okay. Andrea, you, can but... sound, you can sound corporate. <laughs> it's okay. But it's I, I, I have really reflected on this long because I believe that it it really has been our strategy that kept us um, moving forward even during this, this time of crisis, right? In what way? Um, we call our strategy or the, the, the latest strategy KN Plus Next Gen, which means yep. that it is about equipping Kunanagul for the future. And there are three mm. pillars that we looked at. Our um, customers, staying close to our customers and really delivering excellence in our interaction with customers. Yeah. The technology part, making sure that we're always in the forefront of development in terms of technology interfacing um, with, with our, our customers and making sure it allows that collaborative um, delivery through the technology and of course, people creating a right so the, the creation of the right balance between e-touch and human touch in yeah. the excellent service that we give to customers um, has really established that resilience in the organization 
And of course, part of that is really um, unpacking what are potential disruptors for us because we, we have to future-proof ourselves, right? So, yeah. so, you know, over the last, this is our third year already. So over the last mm. two and a half years, it has been about sitting down to identify what those disruptors are um, and then start thinking, number one, how do we minimize the disruption? Yeah. Um, number two, how do we respond to those disruptions? Because we've identified it already. Yeah. And then the third piece, what are the, the positive disruptions that we can really embrace so that we can pivot the organization to the next level forward? So, yeah, there has been so much discussion around disruption. And so although we haven't pinned it down to a, a global pandemic, I think it's been ingrained yeah. in our people's minds that when this yeah. happens, the business continuity plan kicks into action. So would you say then that you were already ready in regards to when that pandemic hit? And if so, in what way? I, I believe so. Um, We've done a lot of things in in preparation for that. Um, you know, the the creation of the innovation hubs um, assisted in that. So really, um, almost forecasting what's going to hit us, and therefore, how do we respond to that? A lot of leadership workshops, both from our current leaders and our future leaders, also centered okay. around um, what would potentially hit us. Right. And I, I, I distinctly remember a, a leadership workshop or meeting where one of our business unit heads to start his presentation showed a, um, let's say, a fake headline. Right. So this was the headline and it was a shocking headline and it caught yeah. us all by surprise. And we thought, oh, my goodness, if that happens, we will really get stuck. So, yeah. and then that became the start of the conversation, you know, so if Gosh, this became fantastic. reality, yeah. how would we respond to it? So we yeah. had a lot of those discussions, you know. We, so you were already brainstorming, you're already coming up with a strategy on how to, how you would work through. And it was within those three pillars then, is that how you were looking at the disruptions that would occur within sort of the customer, the, the, the technology, the people, how you would correct, correct. tackle those? So, you know, okay. what would what would stop us on our tracks, you know, yeah. in those three pillars. Um, and so therefore, question, so how do we how do we gear ourselves up so that that never happens? And if, if you remember, Andre, you've worked with us in, in yeah, the absolutely. leadership team, absolutely. right? And, and part I'm trying not to give that. too much away because no one knows that. So I'm just trying to <laughs> get sorry. you to talk more. Wasn't I, I supposed to No, not that. at all. I, I absolutely, um, absolutely and, and love And you remember part of that was um, – building our story right and yes and it wasn't so. you know I, it, it was building our story forward you know and and yeah. in and in planning the future story of course you talk about potential challenges that would hit you right and so there was mm. you know every year we fo we have focused on that you know what what would what would hinder us um as a leadership team what would what would stop us in, in this quest for, for service to customers? What would happen if technology did not work? You know, um, we, we talk about the, the platform that we're using now to, to interact and work online. 
mean, we introduced this towards the last quarter of 2019. So it Gosh, was. But that was a relief. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So although yeah. we probably did not use it as much, it accelerated yeah. our work from home transition because people right. knew about the platform already, right? Yeah. It, it just. It was just very quick, the, the movement that we did from, from working in the office to, to working from home, um, obviously bearing in mind that we, we continue to have people in our organization that are still out there that never worked from home because they, right. they have to be the, the interface the of, our, of our service, yeah. right? And, and we're very thankful for that, of course, because it I'm gives ca- that continuity. I'm keen to... I'm going to skip ahead a few questions and come back to the disruption piece, just because you've mentioned about the working from home side. Mm. Um, Obviously, KN is a pretty traditional business, as as we know. (laughs) When it comes to that sort of working at home policy, you know, how did that, how was that affected? How was that communicated? I mean, I know you said you sort of, from a technology perspective, you know, probably had Zoom in place and people were where they could use that. But how did you then sort of, introduce this working from home and how did it go down was there any sort of challenges that you faced then yeah that's that's my grandfather clock by the way pinging away oh that's fantastic so if it's not my dog barking it's your grandfather clock fantastic this is what it means to work from home right (laughs) that was on cue as well that was perfectly done (laughs) um excellent you 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 nailed it on the head in terms of the that this is a traditional organization, right? Mm. And so working from home is not really a um, a go-to policy for us, right? Um, however, I, I'm also very honest in saying just the early part of this year, as a leadership team, we were really starting to think about that. And this is still about, you know, making sure that we continue moving forward in our working policy. So Mm -hmm. we started thinking about that, but there was a lot of, um, you know, it wasn't a policy that was embraced in the organization. Can can we really do that and this, that, and the other? Um, But then in response to to the COVID-19, I have to say we were very quick in identifying the crisis as it hit China. Because of course, right. China is part is one of our key countries in 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 the region right. in Asia Pacific. Yeah, um, and our response to the curve was really well ahead. So even before governments across Asia Pacific started um, talking about getting their their people from the office to home. We started that very early. We went into Team A, Team B um, already in January, which surprised a lot of, of companies. Wow, okay. um, People were already saying, okay, it's not a bit too over the top. You know, it's, it's a little bit <laughs> interesting, much, right? Yeah. Um, and we already, <laughs> we, we also um, discussed very quickly not traveling anymore um, right. because we knew what was out there, yeah? So our response was was really very quick. And so we then discussed the the switching on of of this platform very, very quickly. Our IT guys um, responded so quickly in equipping our people and homes um, to allow us to to work from home. 
Um, and I have to say, our, our team of quality, safety, health, and environmental guys um, also stepped up so so quickly, giving us guidance on how to do this. So um, because we we started early, um, when it really hit us, we were already comfortable, I say comfortable in our homes. You know, we were yeah. already set up, right? Yeah. Um, and then other companies started doing it, which meant that our employees then had to work with husbands and partners all in the same yeah. space. And yeah, then that course, makes it a little bit tougher. Right. Mm. And then schools got impacted. So then children also were, you know, so all this, um, I think we, we, we just acted very, very early, I believe. So What's, what surprised you personally about um, your own productivity, your own motivations? Because obviously we're a couple of months in, we're just coming out of phase one, but we've probably got another month of this. So mm. what, what, how, how did it affect yourself? <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you say personally? Yeah, personally, from a personal perspective. Mm. Talent Talk Asia is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. Visit vincere.io forward slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. I, um, I think I was surprised by my discipline and, and focus right. um, because as you can imagine when we first started this whole crisis it was really intense so, mm. so long hours back-to-back sessions um, a lot of touching base with our employees if if and a, a lot of listening and, and observing to make sure yeah. that people were really fine, you know, and picking up on little hints here and there where mm. we needed to to provide more support. So, yeah, I, I think it was just the, the the quickness of how I adapted and adopted my styles to, mm. to respond to the crisis. But like you said, you know, it's it's really going on. It has been going on for so long, and and I'm really <laughs> missing the interaction in the office. You know, I love. Well, the- you're not an introvert, so no. it's going to absolutely <laughs> oh, kill you, isn't it? Yeah, for the That's introverts, so this is like heaven. Yes, heaven working. True, but- true. Um, and and I realize that people are obviously responding very differently to this, right? So although there's a lot of um, discussions around, you know, working from home forever. There are also individuals, and I realize that want to step back in 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 the workplace, that that want to interact. So it's, you know, we we really need some time to reflect on this in in a few dimensions. Very much so, right? And, yeah. I think it may well be that things do change in organisations, that there is a choice as to whether you want to do a few days. And, you know, I think people's homes are set up, but I think they realise that they could work productively from home as much as they were fairly motivated. Right. Um, right. Whether that changes when restaurants and cafes open, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think I may well change it slightly when they know they can go to their favourite coffee shop. But <laughs> Yeah, but Let's you, you I think- talked about productivity and motivation and I have to say, within the organization, 
we did not see a drop in that at all, if anything. Oh, that's incredible. The commitment to deliver was heightened. And, and maybe it's, it's a variety of different things coming into head, right? But mm. I, have, I have not had one single conversation with any of our leaders and managers and supervisors that said, oh, so-and-so has really been dragging his or her feet. None of that, you know, it's like Incredible. people just united yeah. Yeah. Um, to to respond to, to our customers. Fantastic. I'm going to bring you back to the whole sort of disruption thing. And well, it's particularly about those three pillars. So what does, I know one of the pillars you mentioned was the customer side. So what does customer centricity mean to KN? Um, for us, it's, it's really about understanding and, and anticipating customers' challenges. Um, and of course, being a, a logistics partner, we have to ensure that although maybe we're, we're behind our customers, it's allowing them to deliver on their promises to their customers. That's, that's how we see it, you know, and, and it has been part of our strategy because as a, as a logistics organization, we're always seen to be structured and logical and always yep. process driven um and because that is a strength we're also seen as a fairly cold organization okay you know okay. and and so although we've we've always had the interest of our customers in the heart of our activities we needed to somehow change this perception of coldness and put some warmth in the way we interact with with our customers, so um, that's the element. It's the behaviors yes. of our people yep. that we have been trying to work on. You know, to to show that warmth to to our customers. And um, during this this pandemic, that has really gone through the the this whole process of interaction with our customers. Um, and we've received an abundance of feedback on that from our customers, which, of course, is, is very uplifting to see that um, all the, the elements that we've been working on around our yeah, customers. You're seeing it come through. Program, mm. Right, this is coming through. Yeah, that's really important. You, we, we talked about the leadership team before, and obviously um, that leadership team has kept together fairly well over the years. And you, you mentioned when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, there's obviously been new people coming in and sort of those those sort of rotations, et cetera. But how would you how would you describe this particular leadership team within the region that you're in? What what makes it successful? Mm. Um, this is a, a group of experienced people who are passionate about their craft. Um, and and yet remain curious on how to still do things better, right? So I think I, I could potentially say that that sort of success ingredients are, are pinned down to, to three things. There's ambition in our goals. There is the, the drive and tenacity in, in execution. That's, that's very important to us. And then finally, I believe it's courage in leadership. Because there's a yeah. lot of things that we've touched on as a leadership team that would probably not be at the top of leadership team's priority lists, and yet it is in ours. Um, and what and, way? 
um the the way we interact with our people um during this time of of the pandemic um one of the things that we have really done and really done well is um doing timely town halls whether it's right. as a region or um our presidents attending town halls in specific countries and right. and that's that's exhausting as as a leader yeah. you know but it's but it's very personal though isn't it and this is over vc or is this obviously it wouldn't be flying in this no. is town hall virtually <laughs> right. right yeah right. okay right and yeah. and just to to let people know that you know we we understand what everyone's going through and we're here and we're here to support and and also exchanging personal experiences you know i think that that really hits home with with people because there's there's honesty in in what we're going yeah. through yeah. you know and that's, that's quite a humble approach then isn't it that's to yeah. have the president be reaching the people on a regular basis and within those countries that's right. that's very personal right and 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 even in sharing the experience of asia in our other regions because as as you know you know even when you look at how different governments around the globe have responded to this um quickly or slowly you know that's that's also that's another podcast you know, that's a reflection on leadership right so absolutely absolutely and so if you're a global organization it only makes sense to share the learnings of why we've kept on top of our place here in asia mm. um and and shared that very quickly across the globe so that they can get themselves ready yeah i was always surprised one particular area of the leadership team and i have have done those strategy workshops with you guys was just this energy you know before before even the start of those <laughs> meetings everyone had been at the gym for an hour or done some sort of 10 kilometer run or gone for a swim yes. It's crazy group. I mean, was this is this a purposeful thing? Is this kind of you're hired to be in a leader if you're if you're pretty sporty and healthy? Or is it just something that <laughs> is this just energy? Like I'm, I was always really keen to ask that question. No, I. It's it's really interesting because yes, I mean, we all feel you have to be physically and mentally fit to right. respond to the ever growing demands of okay of the okay. organization right internally okay. and externally so yeah. and and i feel that's probably a positive message to to this company as well that Very much you so. know there has to be a balance right in in mm. the way you look after yourself to to make sure that um, you're able to do that and well that physical element also helps on the mental element right in terms of those endorphins so i think that right. probably helps especially during times like this right so yeah so i mean it's it's interesting because before this whole leadership team came together i'm not really a runner as such but then when every morning you have whatsapp messages showing their how many kilometers they ran or how fast they've been running you just feel like oh i need to get myself in that right you know? okay so, so it's, it's a healthy competition it is. then isn't it oh gosh yes yes it's a very competitive <laughs> group as you yes, know it is <laughs> it is a very competitive group. is there anything that you would ever change if you had the power to change within this leadership team I don't think it's it's power that's required, but patience. Um, patience it's yeah. diversity. 
diversity is where I I would want it to to evolve in in the future. In in what way? Um, This is a very male-dominated organization. And so because of the industry? Yeah, I think because historically, yeah. right? It's it's right. never been an industry that attracted a lot of women. Um okay. and so it's it's something that that we're we're really working on. And and of course now um we're also evolving as as a leadership team. You know, um early this year we have combined um North and South Asia into into one group, which also means that the leadership team has changed from from the last okay. one that you've seen. Um, right. And the good thing is, it brought diversity in in our origins, in our race. Yeah, so there's okay. there's a, a, okay. a nice mix of different nationalities in in our new leadership team. Um, but it's is that still, affected? Is that affected just in terms of discussions, impact? Because of that diversity, yeah. have you seen that yet? Is it too early days to I mean, comment on that? You can see it in in our starting points, of course, right? Because the the focus of where we've come from is is different. Therefore, it changes the the dynamics of the discussion. Um, the challenge, of course, is that although we are one team, we are also not just sitting at home, but really sitting in different locations because people have been stuck in that transition, you know, mm. from where they currently are to where we should all be in one country. Oh, that's tricky. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's a challenge. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, it will continue to change as, as, as new teams come together, you know, all this, um, I'm sure we will go through another storming session of trying to um, shake each other up because we, you know, it's a new team getting to know each other again. Yeah, different- and what are the next disruptors to exactly. head, to come around the corner? Right, it's it's, it's never going to stay the same. Right. No, knowing what you know now about the pandemic, would there have been anything that you would have done differently? And if so, what would it be? Um, I, I think where where we probably were not as prepared was responding to um, how people were mentally or not mentally prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Underestimated it. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, when, when you're running on adrenaline the first few weeks and just responding and you forget that, you know, we're only human and, and sometimes people feel dips, right? Yeah, um, and, that lack of control right, affects, I think, mentally right. people. The, the good thing is that where we were able to, to identify it, we have been quick in providing that support. But in a larger scale, I, I would like to prepare a little bit better on that. Maybe also from our manager's perspective, understanding what the signs are and how to, to respond to it, or even right. how to openly discuss it. You know, that it's, yes. not, it's not something that we should be embarrassed of. And, and, yeah, um, it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah 
because you I think there was a lot of pressures on people, especially if they're living with parents and grandparents and dogs, and and they don't have the space to necessarily <laughs> have an office. You're in your bedroom, right? You know, right. You know, it's 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 a lot of things that people have to sort of change. And you know, I think we were talking about this, weren't we, on the chat that we had before, which was just this vulnerability. Now it's okay that your grandfather clock went off. It's okay that. <laughs> But, you know, the, the dog's barking in the background. We're humans. We exactly. live in a home. We're working from home. Exactly. So I think it's created a little bit of, it's humanized it a little bit more. I, I, li- I like that. I, I like right. that it's not as professional, that you have to make sure that your background is not is all nice and tidy. <laughs> yes. So that's, you know, all, all those challenges, really one on top of the other, all thrown in in such a, a limited time. Of course, it's going to cause um, difficulties and challenges in how people feel and are feeling, right? So, but it's it's interesting this whole platform because, you know, in the office, you always, I guess, you you think of it as I'm working in Singapore. At the moment, as soon as I sign in, it's almost like I'm in a global office. You know, you know, yeah. if you if. I'm envisioning myself walking around this global office and I'm saying, oh, you know, so-and-so in Australia has been up, of course, the last two hours. So I'm just going to drop her a quick message or him a quick message to say, oh, hope hope you're having a good day. You know, that, that quiet thing. Sometimes it's also about, oh, I was late last night um, and I saw that name also working late and I come Uh, in the next morning mm. and he's already there you know so that's a really long time so So you're noticing a few things that you wouldn't necessarily be necessarily been aware of so much exactly and so also taking time to just drop a note and say hey you know really long hours there although you know you probably think you know what? I have also worked those long hours. <laughs> yeah, you're so. the one also noticing that they were working long hours. Exactly. As long as people are happy with that. I mean, I think if yeah. there's nothing else to do, then why not? At least it keeps your mind active yeah. if you are working. But it's, but it's about, careful. I suppose, the transition coming back, isn't it? Right. It's, I mean, is that something you're aware of? If people are working those kind of hours because everyone stepped up. Exactly. You know, or, or How are you then transitioning them back to right. reality of you're having coffee breaks, you're having lunch? It's Correct. getting... Correct. And, and sometimes it's also reflecting on yourself and the message that you're giving because you've been That's online true. for so long, right? Does yeah. that give a message that, oh, maybe it's expected of me as well, yeah. so I better stay yeah. online that long, you know? Yeah. And just by stopping to say, I shouldn't do that, you know, I, I should recharge as well. And, and those types of reflection, it's, it's, really, it's really been interesting. It has absolutely. Would that would that have been sort of one of your biggest learning experiences in out, out of all of this? Yeah, I think you know technology will will play a bigger part of yeah of our workplace in the future, right? And it's mm. not something as leaders as managers that perhaps we're as used to. Um, mm. There's the different ways of interacting and showing concern and humanity. Um, that doesn't come or translate as naturally online as it does face to face. And in an organization that's very driven, um, sometimes we forget that that part. So yeah, so it, it's yeah. something that that I've been reflecting on. How how do we how do we 
strengthen that. I think it's interesting when you said about the technology and that rapport side when you are doing Zoom, for instance. I've seen the opposite. I think I coach people and I've been doing it over Zoom. And actually, mm. I think for some conversations are a little tougher having that barrier that it's a computer, that it's that, that you're not necessarily in the same room. Right. That is actually a different way of looking at it, that people are able to be a little bit, maybe a little bit more reflective and a little bit more open, a little bit more vulnerable. So you know, maybe it's more about the training behind mm. how you're using the virtue on how, you know, the ground rules or ways that you can be building rapport over over video conference. Right, right. Um, just, in, just moving on to sort of more the industry side, which areas of the business has been affected um, and, and how has the business reacted or responded to, to that? Um, because we're in, in logistics, we deal with, so many different industries, right? And so we know mm. that there are certain industries that really, um, that somehow came out really positively in this pandemic. And then there are some industries that got really impacted. So as, as a logistics partner, right. we've had to work with the, the changing dynamics of supply and demand in the different industries. So sometimes we've had to extend supply chains because it's not moving as quickly in that right. industry. Right. Um, right. And sometimes we've had to speed up some of the, the yeah. deliveries, particularly when, when we talk about the, the pharma and health chain, yeah. healthcare yeah. Yeah. side. So it's, it's really balancing all the, the varying um, requirements of our customer because it it really has been up and down, up and down, yeah. depending on yeah. the the end customer, right? So, so that puts quite a lot of pressure then on on the departments or the individuals that look after those particular sectors then that have been more in demand, correct? Definitely. Are you able to move people over to to cover that shortage, or is it just a matter of people having to work smarter and harder? How, right, what did that and look like? and it also really tested the the way we've developed our people to know more than just one industry. So of course, right. the specialism is important, right? Because yeah. if you speak the language of your customer, you know the ins and outs of your customer, um, it, it ties you even closer to the customer. However, mm. the ability mm. to, to transfer learning from one industry to another um, also yeah. lends itself well in, in the whole dynamics of supply chain because it it has really thrown a lot of normal processes out of the window right so yeah yeah so w when you think oh in the pandemic maybe flowers will not do as well um because yeah people just don't have time but actually when Mother's Day came, there was even a stronger demand for uh, roses yeah. and specific flowers because people wanted to feel good in their homes, you know? Yes. So yeah. then you have and to the make... wine industry, right. the beer industry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's wine fridges and beer fridges are definitely packed in the last two months. Oh, <laughs> so it's interesting, isn't it? Yes. What people tend to focus on to, to to make their lives a little happier um, I'm keen to know what's the one common misconception about your industry that you would like to debunk oh that it's a boring industry <laughs> you know um, I mean I remember 17 years ago when when 
a headhunter told me a logistics organization wanted to talk to me about a role. I just thought, yeah. hmm? really? There were... <laughs> and then you, you step into the world of logistics and then you realize, my goodness, we are working with so many different industries and organizations of such varying sizes that yes. it's, it's just so exciting. And every time we open our doors to young people about logistics, I think yes. the, the, the mindset that they have as they step in is very different from when they step out right. because then right. they realize, my goodness, I did not really think about this. You know, majority yeah. would yeah. say I stumbled on this career. This yeah. was never my plan, yeah. but yeah. it opens up so, so many opportunities. So maybe the, the way it's marketed in terms of an industry and career, career fairs or how parents right. communicate about it just needs to, needs to change. Um, where's the opportunities for KN to grow? Oh, um, a big reflection will really be how supply chain will be impacted by what has just happened, right? There's, yeah. there's a lot of discussion about um, maybe shortening supply chain, not that much, not, not a, a lot of outsourcing anymore. And so there's a careful um careful thought process that, that we need to, to analyze. And we will be very much dependent on, on our customers and how they feel they yeah. need to change their, the direction of, of their organization. But I believe the three pillars that we've identified in our strategy will continue to remain right. important cornerstones. You know, the, the focus on customers technology and how technology will really develop, accelerate, um, not just because of what has happened, but really because of the demands of, of the, the changing world. Um, but still understanding that even with the best technology, you still need the skills, knowledge and experience of yeah. people to, to move that forward. You know, that technology on its own without human brains can still alter, right? But the, the so, organization or the supply chain company that is able to mash those two um, really well will, will build the success of the future. I'm going to ask my last and final question. And, I'm, and I've literally got one bar left on my battery of my <laughs> recording machine. So I'm, I'm feeling... feeling pretty happy right now that it didn't it didn't go off halfway through so logistics so we know the movement of goods is one of the oldest forms of business this pandemic is unprecedented and there will be new norms which will involve major changes and business will need to rethink current processes and strategies as well as viewing the future differently kn have reacted and adapted with agility to this current disruption but how will you encourage and support your leaders to positively disrupt their previous ways of working and thinking to welcome in significant changes, which might be uncomfortable for many? Mm. We have actually already started discussing this because it would be a great shame if we come out of this and just continue doing what we've always done. Yes. This is a, yes. a great learning process for us. And we have to seriously think about you know, elements in different dimensions. Um, 
what the, the, the future workplace would look like, um, allowing the flexibility that people have experienced and want to continue experiencing. So how do we change the policies of human resource to, mm. to mm. extend to that um, requirement that, that people have? So, so that's one part. Um, and then it's, it's the customer piece. Now, how will that change or how have we responded during this time and what can we learn with that response time and the feedback from our customers and, and take that even uh, a step further? And then the final piece is leadership. You know, how do we change our leadership behaviors? How do we upskill ourselves to still be relevant for the future requirements? So there's a lot of um, reflection that, that needs to happen. Um, we cannot move too quickly. Um, we still yeah. have to reflect and really analyze and, and make sure we are fair and transparent in establishing new work modes. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it continues to be about change. Exciting times. Thank you very much for your time today and coming on Talent Talk Asia. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Andrea. You have been listening to Talent Talk Asia podcast by The Career Establishment. To learn more about The Career Establishment, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at www.thecareerestablishment.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.